Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Today, Wendy and I are coming to you from Cape Town in South Africa, and we've been here for more than a week already because there's just so many things to see and do in this city. Yeah, we don't normally stay this long in a single destination, but yeah, we've had every single day here has been jam-packed. We've been so busy uh, going on hikes. There's so many amazing hikes that you can do and so many different parts of the city, and each part is different, so we've really had a wonderful time exploring Cape Town. So what we want to talk about today is just one specific place that you can go to in Cape Town, and it's Robben Island. So it's an island that used to be a prison, maximum security prison, and of course it's most famous for having political prisoners there, and in particular, Nelson Mandela. Yes. So he was imprisoned for about 27, 28 years, and he spent 18 of those years at, uh, on Robben Island in the prison there. And of course, he wasn't the only one. There are many other hundreds of political prisoners there mm -hmm. and also other types of prisoners. Yeah. In the beginning, it was a mix of convicted um, prisoners who had been convicted of a crime and then political prisoners who were there because they were acting out against the government. And uh, in the end, they ended up separating them. So they built a separate convict prison that was just for those who, you know, had committed other types of offenses, not political offenses. And then the Robben Island prison, the one that we visited, the one that's really famous, uh, that was only for political prisoners later on. And so the political prisoners were all released in 1991, and the last of the other prisoners were released, uh, or were transferred rather, not released, uh, mm -hmm. to a different facility in 1996. And so it's no longer an active prison, and so now it's a World Heritage Site, and you can visit it. And it's a very popular thing to do for visitors who come to Cape Town. So you take a boat over there, and then once you get there, there are two parts to the visit, one where you go to the prison, and another where area where you go around the island um, on a bus and then you get taken to some of the other things that are on the island. Um, our friend Ted, who we're staying with and who's been a guest on our podcast, he said that a lot of the other guests that he has don't really think Robben Island is that great compared with some of the other attractions of Cape Town. Yeah, which I find kind of surprising because we both found it to be very moving and very worthwhile. It's true that the entrance fee is a bit pricey by South African standards, so maybe people feel like they're not getting their, you know, money's worth or something out of the ticket, but I was really glad that I visited. Yeah, I think regarding the entrance fee, I mean, it's a complicated site to visit. You have the boat trip, then you have a guided tour of the prison, then you have this bus trip around the island, and that's guided as well. So there's quite a lot of things going into it. Um, mm -hmm. It's not just simply going into an, an entrance of a museum and then coming out. So there's a lot of people involved in it and things like that. Mm -hmm. I also think... I mean, Cape Town is such a beautiful city, and there are these just amazing natural sites, the Table Mountain, uh, the Cape Point, and the Cape of Good Hope. And so maybe that's why people think Robben Island is, is not so great. I mean, it's not a visually amazing mm, site. That's true. I mean, it's a prison. Prisons are generally pretty <laughs> drab and dreary and ugly, and I would say that that's true of, of this one as well. Uh, but, of course, it's not... You don't go there to admire the beauty of it. You go there to learn about the history 
and to understand this very important and very recent period of South African history. Right. And that's one of the things that's so fascinating about South African history is that it is living history for mm -hmm. so many people who lived through it. And to think that it happened in our lifetimes um, is, is really interesting. But to be able to talk to people who, li who lived through it is, is really amazing. And so it's just it's, it's a, a good time to be here, I guess, in that way, to be able to understand this kind of thing. I mean, I'm very into ancient and medieval history, and of course, that's just what you read about in books, and you don't get to talk to people who were participants in it. Um, but we had that experience at Robben Island, because when you go into the prison, you're guided by an ex-political prisoner. Yeah. And the guy that we had, his name was Hotso, and he was very, very good. He was excellent. Yeah, he told us his story of, you know, the kind of activism that he was doing and how he got caught and arrested and what it was like then living in the prison and what that what the whole experience was like and then getting released as well. So he told us that the, the prisoners were separated into different groups. Firstly, the prisoners were only male and only non-white. Mm-hmm. The political prisoners, that is. And so within that, there were three different groupings. First grouping were the so-called coloreds. And this is a bit complicated to explain, but in South Africa, everybody knows that there are white people and black people, but there are also colored people who often have an, an Asian heritage or background. They're a mix between uh, Indian and Malaysian, Indonesian people. Uh, and so they don't fit into the, the stereotype or the idea that people have of South Africa as, as this black and white country. Yeah, it's not that at all. And in fact, it is also known as the rainbow nation because, you know, you do have lots of different shades. There, there are people of mixed race, which is what the coloreds are. Uh, that's how that term is used in South Africa. And so anyway, the coloreds were separated from the blacks. And then within the blacks, there were people considered leaders and they were also separated. So obviously Mandela was one of these leaders, and the leaders were in a different cell block. They actually had private cells, very small cells. Um, it's still a prison after all, but they had private cells, whereas the other people who were non-leaders, such as Hotso, our guide, were in a kind of dormitory type of prison cell, right? Right. So there were up to 60 men living in one cell together, one large cell, and they were sleeping in bunk beds, one on top of the other. Yeah, I mean, it's a large cell compared with the small private cells, but it's still, for 60 <laughs> people, it's a very small space. Yes, yes, that's very true. And even there were strange things that he told us, for example, that the clothing that they were given was different if they were black or colored, mm. and just weird things like that that don't seem to make any sense or have any real reason behind them. Yeah, I guess it was just the whole, just part of the whole apartheid structure where you did, you know, have all these different ways to separate and differentiate between people of different races. And so Mandela was moved from Robben Island Prison to a different prison for health reasons in 1984. And that was the year that Hotso came to the prison. So he was there for seven years. And in 1990, Mandela was released. In 1991, all of the other political prisoners on Robben Island were released. And so, as you said, he talked about being released and they took the boat back to the mainland and him and, and his, 
his fellow ex-prisoners now, the first thing that they did was they decided to climb Table Mountain in Cape Town. Yeah, because they had been seeing it all along. Every day, you know, they could look across and see this beautiful mountain, uh, but they couldn't reach it, and they decided that that was the first thing that they wanted to do as soon as they were given their freedom. And so there are quite a few of these ex-prisoners now who are guides at the prison. I actually asked Hotso if that was still painful for him to go into his very cell and tell people about it. He said it used to be painful when he first started giving tours because he's now been giving the tours for 14 years. And so now it's not painful for him anymore. Um, but it's also interesting that eight of the ex-prisoners who are now guides live in a village on the island. Yes, it's a very small village. And originally, when the prison was in operation, the village was for the prison guards uh, for and their families as well. And now you do still have a few prison guards who are also living in the village and living together in harmony with the prisoners who they used to guard. So that was something that Nelson Mandela himself, that was his concept, his idea, and something that he really wanted uh, to make happen, and now it's happened, which I think is really beautiful. It is, and so Hosso himself is not one of these eight who live there. He lives in Cape Town, and he commutes across to the island to give his tours. But yeah, it's still I still think it must be surreal for these other eight people to live on the same small island with the same view that they had as prisoners, but now being free men. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not sure that I would want to do it, but uh, they seem to be happy. I'm sure that they do get a lot of satisfaction from their jobs and from being able to, you know, shed light on this terrible period of history and tell their stories. Yeah, and it certainly made a big difference for us, and we really appreciated being able to hear that perspective. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.